0: Luke 17, tell your neighbor, you got an attitude. No, tell him, you got an attitude. Now roll your eyes, ladies, move the neck. You got an attitude, okay? Okay, Luke 17, chapter 11, verse 17, I mean, verse 11, excuse me. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest." And so it was that as they went, They were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God? accept this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. You may take your seats. Were there not 10 and only one returned? And this morning I want to talk about gratitude. You got an attitude, and I hope it's about gratitude. And I'm going to share the story about these 10 lepers And what the difference was between the one and the nine. How many of us know that God has really done a miracle in our life? That if it wasn't for the Lord, we would not be here today. Some of us would be out drunk, you know, on the corner somewhere full of liquor. Some of us would be out there overdosing on drugs right now. Some of us would be so self-righteous thinking that we don't need anybody, but we would be lonely and depressed right now. Some of us would be lost and bound in our sin out there selling our bodies. But because of the grace of God, because of a Savior that that saw us in our sin, because of a Savior that heard the cry of repentance, he said, I'm coming to rescue you. Sometimes we forget about those things. Sometimes we forget what God did in our life. And we take it for granted that when we wake up, we're under the grace of God. That when we wake up, we're under a a house where there's a, a peace there. We're not waking up to our chaos. We're not waking up and not remembering what we did the night before, who we slept with, what we did, who we robbed. You know, we wake up every morning now with our minds in in peace. We're not waking up crazy and not knowing what day it is because of the grace of God. And so here there was ten men, ten men who cried out to the Lord. And they said, Lord, have mercy on us. Master Jesus, have mercy. And when you think of these 10 men, you think of 10 lepers, right? And how many of us know what leprosy is? James, if you could show some pictures. For those who don't know what leprosy is, I want to show you some images. This is the effects of leprosy. It's a skin disorder that actually goes deeper than the surface, and it's a disease that deteriorates your skin, and it begins to bring bumps and boils, and it can, you can have it for five years to 20 years. But back in those days, in the ancient days, they had no remedy. The only remedy that was available was called a miracle. And so here these men and women, because it wasn't just men, it was families, children. This picture right here, when you look at this man, he looks like he's about 60, maybe 70. This man was only 23 years old. When he had leprosy, so you can see the effects, the damage that it does to the body. And so imagine these ten lepers looking like this. Maybe some of them didn't have fingers. Maybe some of them their noses fell off because it caused leprosy caused um, your nose and your and your um, fingers and toes to fall off. Your body was deteriorating slowly but surely, and there was no healing. There was no medicine at that time. So when you see these lepers, imagine them. Jesus. Jesus, Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, Father, have mercy on me. Imagine them with no fingers. Have mercy on me. But at one time, these men had a career. These men were not always lepers. These men were not born with leprosy. These men at one time probably were bricklayers, teachers of the law, lawyers, Some of them were barbers to the rich and the wealthy. Some of them were fathers, mothers, companions. Some of them were manual workers, traders of goods, business owners. So imagine these men, before they had caught leprosy, they were men of society. They were men that had stature, they were men that probably had a high position and some kind of career. So they made something out of themselves. They had something going on. They had children. They had a wife. They had a family to take care of. They had a world that was fulfilled in their eyes. And somehow, some way, leprosy overcame their entire being. And the Bible says that when leprosy comes and it afflicts somebody, the Bible says that when the priest proclaims you as unclean, When you get leprosy, you are separated from civilization. You are separated from the regular crowd. You are taken out of the city and you are put into a colony where there's lepers and the sick out there. So that means you're pretty much booted out, kicked out of the city because you are no longer apart and you are no longer clean. So because of your uncleanness with leprosy, you have to get kicked out. And so here, imagine, these businessmen, these men in high rank and high position, imagine their world totally destroyed. Because not only were they unclean, but if their house was unclean, because leprosy could, could cling onto clothes, leprosy could be found in a house, and if a house was found with leprosy, they would destroy that house and there would no longer be a house to live in. That means that if you had a family, your family no longer had a house to live in, being homeless. Imagine these men, some of them fathers, having to, run away, having to be separated from their wife, that they could no longer touch their wife. They could no longer be intimate. They could no longer grab their child and hug their child. They could no longer have that physical contact with them because of the fear of catching leprosy. Can you imagine the devastation that took place? How they were distraught and destroyed, how the enemy came in to kill, steal, and destroy their world, their dignity, their manhood, their purpose in life. Here these 10 men were career men, traders of goods. But somehow leprosy had come into their life and have destroyed their very being. Imagine you being that leper. Imagine you being that one that caught that leprosy. How would your world look? How would your world become? Who would you have to leave behind? Who would you have to abandon? Who, where would you go? Where would you be? You know that today and 2014, that leprosy is still happening around the world. Now it's not, you know, this humongous epidemic, however, it's still in existence, but now they have treatment. And it's huge in India. More than 50% of all the cases are found in India. It's poverty stricken there, so in that poverty, in the, un, you know, the, the uh, you know, the, how do you say, the environment, the uncleanness of that country or you know that place, um, leprosy is spread. And so it happens in India, happens in um, Asia, in the Middle East, it happens all over the world. But now there's a remedy. So even though they may have leprosy, there's a remedy for it. And it can be healed. But back in these days, there was nothing. There was nothing. And when you think of this, these men, they were separated, Locked out of the city. And now they were in a community. In a colony of lepers. So there they were amongst each other. Being casted out. But not only were Jews casted out. Of their own people. But Gentiles. Samaritans. They were also. If they had leprosy. They were also put into this colony. So here you had not just Jews. But Gentiles together with having leprosy. And when you know the history of Judaism and the Hebrew people, they didn't mingle amongst other kinds. It was, they, they, they hated any other race. They, hate, they despised the Gentiles. And so here they were amongst each other, and the Bible says that there was a Samaritan amongst these 10 lepers. So imagine this one leper already being despised because he was a Gentile. Imagine this one leper already hated Already hated by his community, by his neighboring um, cities. Imagine this one leper, you know, having that double, st- that double portion of hatred over his life. One, because he was a Gentile, but now he's a leper. So imagine the humility, the humiliation that he had to go through and having to say, unclean, I'm unclean. Because the Bible says that if they came near anybody that was not with leprosy, they would have to proclaim themselves before the people, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. They would have to proclaim that they were unclean, that they had leprosy every time. Imagine the humiliation that they would feel. I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict, get away from me. I'm no good. I'm a dropout, high school dropout. I'm a college dropout. I was sexually molested. I was abused as a child. Imagine him screaming, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. Get away from me. And as they cried out to the Lord, they stood from a distance because the Jewish law said you can't come near anybody that's clean because you are unclean. And here the master, the savior of the universe was walking through these cities, this town. He was walking through these two main towns that were actually Gentile towns. They were cities with mixed breeds of Judaism and Assyrians, and they were mixed. That's how Samaritans became because they were Assyrians mixed with Jews. And, you know, they had all these other Gentiles and people mixed races. And so here being, Jesus being who who he is, he's so brilliant. He walked through these cities knowing where he was walking through, knowing who he was walking by. He knew what he had to do. He was on a mission. And as he he was almost getting ready to enter into a city, these men said, Lord, oh, if you could cleanse us, show us mercy. Oh, have mercy on us. And as they cried out to the Lord, the Lord said, go and show yourselves clean i mean go and show yourself to the priest because if you were unclean the priest had to examine you and he would proclaim you either clean or unclean that was the jewish law and so then when he took these 10 he said okay go he heard their cry and then he said go go your show yourself to the priest because it was the priest that either said you were clean or unclean But the word says that when they were going towards, this was about a 40, 50 mile distance from where they were at to go talk to the priest. So they had a journey in their hands. And 40, 50 miles today when you're driving, that's about an hour. That's an hour's drive. But when you think about an hour's drive from here to somewhere like in Tracy or a little further, that's a day's journey. That's not just, okay, let's go down the street. Let's go talk to the priest. No, that was a day's journey. And I can only imagine that when they were out walking towards or running, I believe they were running. Because when, the, when God does a miracle inside, it's not just boring like, oh, he healed me, praise God. No, he healed me. Oh, my God, he healed me. Look it. I got to go to the priest. Imagine the excitement that was stirred inside of them. And I believe that at first they were excited. I believe that they were just ready to go to the priest. They were ready to get back into society. I think some of them were thinking about, I get to see my family again. I get to see my wife again. I can be intimate with my wife again. I can go and start my business again. They were thinking these great things. They could be part of society. No longer would they have to be humiliated anymore. I believe they were thinking all these thoughts. But it took one It was one leper, one man. I believe he was thinking the same thing. But then all of a sudden, I believe that his mindset just shifted. And he looked at his hand. And he could see that he was cleansed. But I can imagine him thinking, wait. This man just cleansed me. This man just performed a miracle on my life that nobody has been able to ever in my lifetime ever been able to heal. Who is this man? I've got to go back to him. I've got to tell him thank you. I've got to tell him thank you for saving me. I've got to tell him thank you because nobody else thought I could be anything else. Nobody thought that I could be restored. It's only a miracle and I have to go back and thank this man. And so as The Bible says that they went, but this one man returned. So imagine a day's journey and then going back. Because this man could have easily showed himself to the priest, and the priest would have proclaimed him clean. Go and be a part of society, and he could have went on. He could have went on to his family. He could have went on and started his career over. He could have went on and started his whole entire being again. But he said, wait. If it wasn't for the Lord... If it wasn't for this man, I wouldn't even have the ability to run to the priest, especially a Gentile, a Samaritan. Jews went before the priests, but why would a Gentile if they're not Jewish? And so we had a little conversation about this, several theories One that, yes, they were under the law in that region, so they had to go before the priest. Imagine us going to a Muslim country. Would we have to come under that law? Absolutely. When I think of this man, Jesus showed that you no longer had to go to the priest. You no longer had to be approved anymore. You no longer had to go to man anymore and be proclaimed anything. But it was through Jesus, he proved through him that he fulfilled the law, that through him he could do all things, through him that they were forgiven. And so, if anybody proclaimed him king or clean, excuse me, it was Jesus Christ, that the law had been fulfilled, that he was the law, he is all. And so that Jesus was the one that cleansed him. Jesus proclaimed him clean. Now, what do you think made him different from the others? Because a lot of us, God has done a miracle in our lives, correct? But sometimes we don't even act like it. We don't act like it at all. We act like, oh, it's another day gotta go to work, gotta pay the bills, gotta make that paper. Some of us, we walk around all mad at people. Saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, and we got an attitude towards our neighbors. We got an attitude towards our brother and our sister. We want to act all mad and, you know, all high fear, whatever you want to call it. And we forget what Jesus did in our lives. We forget how once, at one time, we were that leper. At one time, we were in that leper colony, casted out from the world, casted out from our family. That at one time, nobody wanted to talk to us. Some of us lost our homes. Some of us lost our family members. They didn't want to talk to us. And then Christ comes into our life and restores our dignity. And now we forget. We forget because gratitude has been lost in our life because we think that we're entitled we begin to think that man god you should be doing this for me and man god i should be doing that for you and man god you know i should be all up in the mix and all up exalting you know being exalted and god is saying what is wrong with you where there're not 10 where there are not 9 others who got healed where they not, you know, were you not afflicted with alcoholism? Were you not afflicted with drug addiction? Were you not afflicted with pain and agony and a destiny for hell? What happened? Where's the gratitude? When was the last time we thanked God that we could breathe? Shane Willer said it perfect. The only people that appreciate their breath are those who have asthma. When was the last time that we thanked God? When was the last time that we broke and we remember the day when he rescued us? Do you remember that day? No, I don't think some of you guys do. I think you guys don't even want to think about it. But you need to. You need to remember that affliction that you were in. We need to remember the depression that overtook us. We need to remember when our eyes were blinded by the truth and that we were out there selling our bodies and being anything and everything for whoever wanted it. We got to think about those days because when we forget what God has pulled us out of, we begin to lose the gratitude. We begin, to, we, start, we begin to forget to thank God. We begin to look at people on a negative perspective. We begin to think that everything is, you know, for us and we become self-centered. We expect people to do everything for us. People should, you know, be serving us and we forget that we were in the muck that we were in our sin in our filthy sin. Imagine our filthiness of sin because the Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags unto the Lord. Imagine our righteousness. We know God, but our righteousness is like filthy rags. How much more a sinner's? How much more was our righteousness so filthy in the world? How much There are certain things, certain ways that people got leprosy in these days. I'm going to share it really quickly. In Moses, when Moses reigned—or not reigned—but he became the great leader of his people, God called him to deliver the people of um, uh, the people out of Egypt. And how many of us know that Moses couldn't do it by himself? He was the man of God, the most humble man on the earth, the Bible says. He was the one that God spoke to face-to-face. The Lord said, "That don't I speak to prophets through visions and dreams? Well, this man, I speak to him face-to-face. So he had a very, very personal, very intimate relationship with God. And God said, I love you, Moses. I'm going to talk to you face-to-face. I don't think any of us have had that encounter yet where the glory of God was so heavy, he had to wear a veil. Maga. That man was anointed, sanctified. But God also called his brother Aaron and his sister Miriam. And if you go to Numbers 12, you can go to Numbers 12 real quick if you want. I'm just going to break down the story. And the Bible says that Moses married a Married a woman, an Ethiopian woman at that. She was a sister. She had it going on. The sister got the brother. The sister got the man of God. Now, if you know any Ethiopian women, they're beautiful women. They have such a distinct look to them. But Miriam was hating on him. What the heck? Why would you marry an Ethiopian woman? Moses? And... As Moses pursued his wife, the Bible says that Miriam got a little crazy. I heard a state, a saying in the south, I went to the East Coast Leadership Retreat, and they were talking as they were talking. I was like, how so-and-so, how so-and-so? And they were saying, oh, girl, they cutting it up. They cutting it up. And I was like, well, what does cutting it up mean? You know, I had to talk correct. And then they were like, Oh, girl, he's cutting it up. He's acting a fool. And I was like, what? And then I want to say, oh, he cutting it up. He cut it up. Okay? He was acting a fool. And so here, Miriam, she was cutting it up. She was acting a fool, cutting everybody, acting, you know, like she was all that in a bag of chips. She was acting like, don't you know who I am? I am Miriam. Does not God speak to me too? Does God not speak to me and give lead the women? <laughs> Come on, I'm a woman of God too. Come on now, Aaron. Moses, look at Moses. Come on now. And what happened was God was displeased. And as God was displeased, he talked to them, rebuked them. And then as the presence of the Lord departed after he spoke to the three, Miriam, Moses, and Aaron, they looked at Miriam, and she was full of leprosy. Leprosy had overcome her. That through her pride, leprosy took place. How many of us ever thought that we were deserving? Or we started having that prideful attitude. I should be behind that pulpit speaking. I should be preaching over there. She's not good enough. She yells all the time. I can't stand it when she preaches. I should be behind that pulpit. Come on now, keep it real. I'm just keeping it real. I'm not sugarcoating nothing. I am who I am, and if you don't like me, praise the Lord. There's a line behind me. And so pride caused her to get leprosy. How many of us get prideful every now and then? Wow, it's only me and a little handful. See, some of you guys are too prideful. You can't even lift up your hand. Maga! Wow. Wow. You're going to get leprosy. Watch out. Hallelujah. No, we don't want you to get leprosy. We want you to repent. And so pride, we can get spiritual leprosy through pride. We can start thinking that we're entitled, that we're deserving, that we should be sitting in the front row, that we should be getting, you know, paid a certain amount, working for the ministry. We get so prideful to the point where, you know, we ask you to run an errand and, you going to give me gas? What? No, I'm not going to give you gas. And as a matter of fact, when you go get gas, go give me a receipt. And let me see how much you spent so next time I won't know what not to give you. We begin to get prideful. Oh, I could, I could lead worship better than AJ. Let me take it. Oh, I could do the ushers' ministry better than Eric. Let me, let me show the people how to do it. Oh, I could teach better than Paul. Man, Paul's crazy. Did you hear what he was talking about in Veti? Man, let me teach the class. We begin to have this haughty spirit, this prideful spirit, a satanic, demonic spirit. And don't forget what happened to Satan because at one time he was called Lucifer. He was the worship leader in heaven. And pride puffed him up. And as pride puffed him up, what happened to him? He was cast out. Don't let spiritual leprosy, pride... Cast you out from amongst the people of God. Don't let pride cause you to leave the home because you're a man and you know better. Because, whatever, I don't know what men go through, but you know the point. (laughs) Gray can talk to you about that. If we had a women's home, I'd tear you up to pieces right now. But with love. With love. Another way that people got leprosy was through disobedience. King Uzziah, go to Second Chronicles 26. This one's a heavy one. Second Chronicles 26. 19 through 21. Then Uzziah became furious and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. Incense. And while he was angry with the priest, leprosy broke out in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord, beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest and all the priests looked at him, and there on his forehead he was leprous. So they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. And so, excuse me, King Uzziah was doing priestly duties that he had no business doing. The priest, lead, the priest had responsibilities to fulfill in the temple of God, in the sanctuary. And so here King Uzziah wanted to do some things. He was cutting it up again here. And he wanted to take, you know, take a position that did not belong to him. He was doing the Proverbs 3, 5, leaning on your own understanding. He wasn't trusting in the Lord. He was just leaning on his own understanding. And when he began to lean on his own understanding, the priest told him, Uzziah, leave that responsibility to us. That has been sanctified for us to do. We are the ones who are to do it. Don't do it. Warning him, watch out, stop. And King Uzziah, being disobedient, being prideful, not caring what the leadership was telling him to do, not caring what the the ordained God-given leadership, he disregarded and was disobedient to the responsibility, to the call, to what the commandment they were telling him not to do. And so because of his disobedience, the Bible says that he got leprosy. And not only did he get leprosy, but his whole um, lineage was cursed with leprosy. His entire family, his uh, his generations to come, cursed with leprosy. Imagine, imagine us. We can get spiritual leprosy through disobedience. When we say, go to the women's leadership, you know, um, discipleships, go to the women's, United Women and Ministry and Gang Girls Discipleship. You should be there to catch the vision. You don't go, and then you get all bitter. You get mad because you're not connected. You get mad because you don't have the vision. And here are opportunities that we're giving you to catch the vision. Here are opportunities for us to catch the heart of the ministry, to catch the heart of our founders. And here we are creating opportunities, but you don't want to go. So then you get bitter and, and, and prideful and disobedient and, you know, everything else. You want to talk about the ministry. You want to, I serve Jesus, but not the ministry. Hold up. Wait a minute. Hold up. God saved you, but it's the church that raises you. Remember that. Some of you guys don't get it, and that's okay. You're going to get it eventually. You're going to wake up one day, and you're going to say, oh, my God. My God. We become disobedient with the home director. We get an attitude. Disobedience can give you leprosy. Another way that we can get leprosy is through greed. Gehazi, he was the servant of Elijah. Elijah. Not Elijah, but Elisha. And he was the one who healed Naaman. And Naaman had leprosy. And um, as Naaman, uh, he told Naaman, go dip in the Jordan River seven times and you will be healed. Go, go, go. He got healed. And out of his gratitude, he went to the prophet and said, let me bless you. Let me take care of you. Let me give you this. And he said, no, I don't want anything from you. To God be the glory. I don't want nothing. And so he's, oh, are you sure? Yep. Have a great day, brother. Hallelujah. Goes off. But Gehazi, hearing all this, got greedy. And he goes back to Naaman. Hey, Naaman. Heard you got some goods over there. Want to bless a brother? Well, I actually you want to bless some other brothers. He lied. Want to go bless some other brothers? And Naaman says, well, of course. For Elijah, anything. So he blesses him. He returns with the goods. And his master, his master Elijah, says, hey, did I not see you just do what you just did? Was my spirit just grieved by what you did? Did, I just, did you just do that? Will you just cut it up right now? Will you just acting a fool? And the Bible says that because of his greediness, he was struck with leprosy. And through that, I, you know what, let me make a correction. It wasn't the prior character that, who's, who's, um, it wasn't Uzziah whose generation was cursed. It was this guy, um, Gehazi, my bad, excuse me correct that. He was cursed with leprosy. And then his generations were cursed with leprosy all their life. And so greed got the best of them. How many of us know that we live in a country that is, our country is greedy. You go to any other country, they're not like we are. We have a spirit of greed over our country. Everything is more, 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 bigger, 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 faster, 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 right? We expect everything. We want everything catered to us. We want fast food within a minute. We go, you know, shopping, the doors better be open, get it, and get out. We barely have any any patience to wait in line. And then when we wait in line, we want to get an attitude. We want to act like you should be hurrying up. How many, you know, cashiers are there? Hurry up. There should be more here. I've got things to do. Everything is fast, fast, fast. More, more, more. The bigger the plate, mm, the, the, you know, the more to eat. Our country, we're still overweight because all we do is eat. You go to other countries, they're all skinny. They walk around. They exercise. They don't have preservatives in their food. They got different things that they put in their food. You go to the Philippines, look at Sister Gloria. My God, I wish I was a size zero like her. She can eat all she wants. She doesn't gain a pound. What the heck? You go to other countries, you go to Europe, they're all skinny and tall because they walk everywhere. I'm grateful for my car. (laughs) I can't walk everywhere in my neighborhood. I'll get shot. (laughs) Everything is big. Everything, mine, mine, mine. My kids. I don't want this costume. I want another costume. I don't like this toy. Give me this toy. Buy more, buy more, buy more. Look in the media. Get liposuction. Get, you know, better skin. Buy this clothes. You can change it from a jacket to a skirt. Buy this food, it's really great. They're great. Frosted flakes will tear your kid's teeth up, but you can buy it. Go ahead, they're great. Buy, buy, buy. More, more, more. Oh, I need 10 pairs of shoes. God forbid I only have two. Oh, I need 100 shoes, 100 dresses. I need, you know, 10 bracelets and 20 earring pairs of earrings. What? Do we not see what kind of society we have become? Leprosy has taken over our lifestyle. Greed has taken over us. And no wonder we're not satisfied. No wonder we're not satisfied with the worship because it's not what we expect. No wonder, you know, we can't, we only come to church on Sundays because there's more things in the world that could give us, you know, the satisfaction. No. God forbid we look at God in that way. And we're like, Lord, Lord, heal me. Lord, deliver me of my drug addiction. But then when the home gets too hard, we leave the home. Because it's not good enough anymore. Because we start thinking that we can do things on our own. God forbid that we lose our gratitude and we only come on Sundays every now and then because we forgot how God rescued us, how God saved us, how God delivered us. Do you think about those things? I remember when God saved me, I was so broken and I was so lost in my sin. I had so much hatred. I had so much, you know, shame. I carried so much shame. If there's any word that can describe how I walked into the church, I had shame. I shamed my family. I shamed myself. I was a liar. I was a thief. I was a, a fornicator. I was an alcoholic. I was lost, looking for love. I was drenched in my sin. Drenched. Do you understand me? Drenched. I wasn't a drug addict, but I was in my own sin, in my own wickedness. And I remember walking into the church and somebody smiling at me. And I was like, why are you smiling at me? What do you want from me? And I remember going to that altar. I don't even remember walking to the altar. All I remember was being at the altar and the pastor saying, now you are saved. And I didn't know at that time what that meant. And I remember the follow-up team. Don't ever do this follow-up team, okay? I remember the follow-up team took us to the back. And they were talking to us. And every time I wanted to say something, the person kept talking. Anytime I had a question, the person kept talking. And blah 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 and blah 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 and blah 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 and blah 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 and as they're talking, blah blah blah, I'm thinking, man, did I do the right thing? Was did I make a mistake here? But I didn't. And I kept coming back because I had an encounter with the Savior that broke the curse off of my life, that broke the chains off of my life, that broke every yoke of bondage off of my life, that the following week I didn't have to drink anymore to adjust and have a conversation, that the following week I didn't have to go to a man and find any kind of satisfaction that was empty. That the following week, I didn't have to go and steal and lie and deceit and connive with people to get what I wanted. But every other week, I kept, to ch- I kept going to church. I went on Wednesdays. I went on Sundays. I went on Wednesdays. I went on Sundays. When there was a pledge, I wanted to pay. When there was an event, I wanted to serve. When there was something going on, I said, I want to be there because there was a God rescued me that even when nobody else could help me there was a savior there was a god that supernaturally saved me some of us in this place we've lost our families we've lost our homes we've lost our dignity we've lost our purity and when was the last time we said thank you the bible says that this man threw himself through himself, Lord, thank you, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, Lord, thank you, master, thank you, thank you, I can hug my children, thank you, Lord, I can go back to my wife, my husband, thank you. I can function normally, God. Thank you. And God said, where they're not 10, where they're not 10, this man was grateful. He didn't forget the time of transition when he was a normal person to when he became a leper. He didn't forget his pain and the sorrow that he felt. He recognized that he was a sinner. He recognized that it was only the grace and the mercy of God that proclaimed him clean. That he wasn't even supposed to be cleansed and clean, forgiven, but because God is God and Jesus could do whatever he wants to do, Jesus came and said, I not only came for the, for the Jews, but I came here for the Gentile. And I came here for you. And I want to proclaim you clean now. And I want to call you by name and do a work for me. This man threw himself. And he said, thank you. And I believe that sometimes in our life, We can become so ungrateful. I remember I was at the altar one time and the Lord was speaking to me and then I went all the way in the back of the church and I sat down and the spirit of the Lord was speaking to me and I was crying, I was weeping and the Lord told me, you're ungrateful. And I couldn't say, what? You tripping. What? No, I'm not. I had to cry and I had to say, I am. I'm ungrateful that you sent a woman to adopt me when I was five years old. I'm ungrateful that she raised me up in the Jewish customs and I never said thank you. I was ungrateful because I thought I was deserving of something. I was ungrateful because she loved me and her love wasn't enough for me. I was ungrateful because I didn't live in the neighborhood or in the house that I wanted to. I was ungrateful because I didn't have the friends that I wanted. They weren't good enough for me. And I remember the Holy Spirit said, you're ungrateful. Who are you? Who do you think you are? And I said, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for being so ungrateful, never saying thank you to my parents. Never saying thank you to my family. I'm sorry, Lord, for being so ungrateful, thinking that I deserved anything from you. And when he told me that, I called my mom, and I said, Mom, I love you. I'm so sorry for putting you through what I put you through. I'm so sorry for having you worried all those days that I would leave and not come back. I'm sorry, Mom. And I remember she would think, well, what has overcome you? What is all of this? And I said, I have to tell you I'm sorry. I love you. I'm going to be a better daughter. I'm going to be a better daughter to you. I'm going to help you clean the house. I'm going to help you pay the bills. I'm going to help you in any way possible that I can help I'm sorry, God, for being so greedy and what I think should be. I'm sorry, Lord. When have we thanked God? When was the last time we thanked God? We got to thank God we got to thank God every day that we have food on our plates. we got to thank God that we wake up with our mind intact. we got to thank God that you can stand up on all ten toes and you can use all ten fingers. we got to thank God for the simplicity of life, not because we're not a part of society, not because we don't have all these cars. You know, God blesses, yes, but God blesses more when we thank him, when we thank him, but not with the things of this world, with the peace with the peace that comes from him. There's no greater peace than God's peace that covers us. When will we thank God that we can talk, that we can sing, that when you look at your spouse, when you look at your husband and your wife, you can say, man, God is good. When you can look at your friend and say, thank you for calling me and praying for me. Thank you for believing in me. When has somebody encouraged you? Have you ever thanked them? Have you ever said, Man, those words, they were right on time. They encouraged me. Thank you. We got to be those men and those women of God. Humble ourselves. Humble yourself. Cry out to God, Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for whatever it is that God has done in our life. We don't say thank you enough. And we gotta be like those, that like that leper. That we drop our pride, we drop our greediness, we drop those things that cause us to go back into that leper colony. If the pianist can come. God made this man whole. God restore this man restored his manhood. I love the men of God. I look at them and I thank God that they're my leaders. I thank God that when I see the front row, I see men of God. I see men that carry the load with my husband. I look at my husband. I don't, you know, he's handsome and all that, whatever. That doesn't matter to me. But he's a man of character. He's a man of integrity. When I look at our founders, man, if you've ever been around our founders, the glory is all over them. You just want to repent before them (laughs) because you want to be near them. But when I look at these men, they carry a humongous load. They carry a huge burden, a huge responsibility. Fathers, you carry a huge responsibility. And if we don't say thank you enough, today's the day. Thank you. Thank you for being a father. Thank you for standing up and saying, I'm going to be the man that God called me to be. I thank God for the men of God. I thank God for strong men that love God because there's a sense of security there that I can come under that authority. I can come under my husband and know as long as you're in love with God, as long as you have God first, as long as you're obedient to God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'll follow you to the ends of this earth. As long as you have God first. God restored this man. God made him from an unclean to a clean, Holy Ghost-filled, sanctified man of God. I believe that, well, he hadn't been filled yet with the Holy Spirit because it hadn't come. Those who study your word, he had been saved. He had been rescued. And then later on, the Spirit of God came. But he made him from a man of shame, a man that had to proclaim his uncleanness every day. He took this man out of the rut and made him clean and restored him. Restored his manhood, restored his dignity. God made me from a Mary Magdalene to a Proverbs 31 in the process. God made a cussing fisherman by the name of Peter. Peter into an apostle of Christ. God made David's discouraged men into mighty men of God, into mighty men of valor. Jesus took a nobody like you and I and he made us a somebody in the kingdom of heaven. He made us a man and a woman of God. In Leviticus, really quickly, I love the scripture. Leviticus 26. Love the scripture. This is what I had to learn to do. Because when I walked into that church, I came in with my head down. I came in with my head low because I had so much shame. And he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. I have broke the bounds of your yoke and made you walk upright. And in another translation, the Bible says that I have taken the yoke off that you may walk with your heads high. That you don't walk like this, but you walk like this. You walk with some dignity now. You walk with the Holy Ghost on your side. You walk and no longer are you remembered of your shame. But when you walk and you approach the people, when you go and evangelize, when you go and encounter the people, they see something amazing, something supernatural about you. And they begin to say, what is that about you? What is so different about you? I got the Holy Ghost. I've been rescued. I am no longer walking in my shame, but I walk with my head up high because there was a man by the name of Jesus that made me clean. And I believe that today is the day as you stand up this is not an altar call to go win those souls, those souls around the world. Yeah, we're going to do that because we're a visionary church. We're victory outreach. That's what we do. We bout it, about it. However, I want to make this altar call today. Man and woman, boy or girl, if you're in this place. And we got to humble ourselves this is an altar call for those that want to humble themselves and thank God that's it thank him I don't know what we've been taking for granted in this room I don't know what we've been complaining about I don't know why we're going through what we're going through but sometimes you just got to fall at that feet at the feet of Jesus you got to be like that man This was a man. He threw himself at the king's feet. And he said, thank you. I want to open up this altar right now for those who want to be like that man. And you just want to thank God right now. I want you to begin to think.